No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where Ahab offers to buy the vineyard of his neighbor, Naboth. When he refuses, his wife Jezebel takes matters into her own hands. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 21 on Simply the Bible. How much evil can be packed into one couple? Jezebel and Ahab were the Bonnie and Clyde of Israel. Today we see them at their worst as those who had no regard for violating the commandments of God. But as we shall see in the end, no one gets by with nothing. We continue in 1 Kings chapter 21. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near, next to my house. And for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. Now Ahab and Jezebel had a summer palace in Jezreel. And next to the palace was this vineyard owned by Naboth. Ahab wanted to plant a vegetable garden. So he offered to purchase the land or make a trade with Naboth. But Naboth refused to sell. Under the law, one could sell his family inheritance, but it was to revert to the original owner in the year of Jubilee, which occurred every 50 years. From Naboth's response, it's probable that Ahab wanted to keep the field permanently. Naboth knew that if he sold it to Ahab, he would never get it back. Rather than accepting no like a man, Ahab went home and sulked like a child, refusing to eat. This shows that he was in fact covetous in his desire in wanting Naboth's field, which violates one of the Ten Commandments. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. Obviously, Ahab didn't make any effort to hide his feelings from Jezebel. So she noticed that her husband was sullen and had no appetite. Ahab told her that Naboth refused to sell, but he didn't tell her why. You know, we can all elicit sympathy for our cause by only delivering some of the facts. When Jezebel said, you now exercise authority over Israel, what she really meant was, 
you're king of Israel, so you should have anything you want. Use your authority to take it by force. Knowing that Ahab wouldn't do that himself, Jezebel asserted herself to do it for him by her own means. And she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. She wrote in the letter saying, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people and seat two men, scoundrels before him, to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him that he may die. Jezebel's wickedness knew no bounds. She began by writing executive letters in Ahab's name and sealing them with his seal. That's forgery. She commanded the nobles and elders to proclaim a fast, inviting Naboth and appointing scoundrels to falsely accuse him of a capital offense. Then they were to take Naboth out and stone him for blasphemy. Of course, it is written in the Ten Commandments not to bear false witness nor to commit murder, but Jezebel showed complete disregard for God's law. So the men of his city, the elders and nobles who were inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent to them, as it was written in the letters which she had sent to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth with high honor among the people. And two men, scoundrels, came in and sat before him, and the scoundrels witnessed against him, against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has blasphemed God and the king. Then they took him outside the city and stoned him with stones, so that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. We wonder what these elders and nobles were thinking that they would go along with this wicked plot. But obviously, everyone was afraid of Jezebel, and even though the order was written in Ahab's name, they knew who it was really coming from. She had already proven herself a murderer by killing the prophets of Yahweh. These elders and nobles were spineless and standing up to their queen. Instead, they followed her instructions to the letter. After the two scoundrels accused Naboth of blasphemy, the elders and nobles took him outside the city and stoned him to death. And then they reported what they had done to Jezebel. Why didn't they report to Ahab since he was king and supposedly it was his edict? Because they knew it was Jezebel behind it and they feared her. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab got up and went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Ahab knew what Jezebel had been up to, but he did nothing to dissuade her. Rather, he immediately took possession of Naboth's vineyard. Thou shalt not steal was the fourth commandment that Ahab and Jezebel broke. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who lives in Samaria. There he is in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. You shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, 
have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Now it had been six silent years. Elijah had not had the word of the Lord for quite some time. But now the word of the Lord came to Elijah that he was to confront Ahab in the vineyard of Naboth, which he had just taken possession of. And he was to accuse him of murder and stealing. Jesus said that the devil is a murderer and a liar and also a thief. So we see where the influence came for Ahab and Jezebel to do these deeds. So Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? And he answered, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Behold, I will bring calamity on you. I will take away your posterity and will cut off from Ahab every male in Israel, both bond and free. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah, because of the provocation with which you have provoked me to anger and made Israel sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord also spoke, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. That was the same judgment that came upon Jeroboam and Baasha, those two kings of Israel that had led the nation of Israel into sin. Now, it's interesting that Ahab immediately says to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? Ahab thinking that Elijah was his enemy, when in fact, Elijah was the one person who was telling Ahab the truth. And often that's the case. If you are speaking the truth to someone and they don't want to hear it, they'll consider you to be their enemy, when in fact, you're warning them from the wages of sin that is death, warning them to turn from that. And that's what Elijah was doing. But Ahab considered him his enemy. Elijah said, you've sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Ahab had given himself over to his own lusts to do evil. He was no longer resisting sin, resisting the devil, but giving over to it. And as a result, judgment would come. Even as he had taken away the posterity of Naboth by taking away his family inheritance and killing him, so now God would take away his posterity and Ahab would have no descendants left. This was the ultimate judgment coming down. And that's the thing about people, you know, a lot of times we think that the wicked are getting away with sin, getting away with murder, whatever. But in the end, nobody gets by with anything. God's judgment will come. The day of judgment will come. And it's been said that the millstones of God's judgment grind slowly, but exceedingly small, really grinding to powder in their day. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up and he behaved very abominably in following idols according to all that the Amorites had done whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So here we have a commentary on Ahab and Jezebel sold into sin 
Uh, Ahab was subject to his wife. She stirred him up to do evil. He didn't resist her. He rather subjected himself to her and did what she said and followed idols, really leading all of Israel astray into idolatry. And thus, he was probably the most wicked king of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. Now this blows me away because Ahab humbles himself and that turns the heart of the Lord to relent from the disaster that he was going to bring against Ahab and he's going to put it off a generation simply because Ahab humbled himself. What that tells us is there's two things God really looks for and that is that we would believe in him, that we would have faith, but also that we would humble ourselves when we know that we are wrong and God will respond to our faith, and he will respond to our humility. And certainly that's what he did with Ahab. The moral of the story, however, is that no matter what, God is ultimately going to bring judgment. Jesus said that he is the rock, and we can either fall on him and be broken of our sins, or we can resist him, and one day that stone will fall upon us and grind us to powder. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Ahab seeks an alliance with Jehoshaphat against Syria. Jehoshaphat wants to seek God, but there are conflicting words from the prophets. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.